after Jesus' birth, which happened in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of Herod. Astrologers from the east arrived in Jerusalem and asked, Where's the newborn ruler of the Jews? We observed his star at his rising and have come to pay homage. At this news, Herod became greatly disturbed, as did all of Jerusalem. Summoning all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they informed him. Here is what the prophet has written. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, since from you will come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Herod called the astrologers aside and found out from them the exact time of the star's appearance. Then he sent them to Bethlehem after having instructed them, go and get detailed information about the child. When you have found him, report back to me so that I may go and offer homage to. After their audience with the ruler, they set out. The star which they had observed and its rising went ahead of them until it came to stand still over the place where the child lay. They were overjoyed in seeing the star and upon entering the house, found the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and paid homage Then they opened their coffers and presented the child with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, so they went back to their own country by another route. The night was quiet, except for the chirping of insects and the crackle of fire. The wind whistled through the trees as three figures sat around the flames to keep warm, resting after a long day on the road. One of the figures slapped his hand across his knee, breaking the silence again. I just can't tell you how pleased it makes me to see two wise men like yourselves making this pilgrimage. This prompted a simultaneous eye roll from the other two. Oh, I'll bet you can, the eldest traveler, Balthazar, retorted. Since meeting Melchior on the road earlier that day, Melchior had been singing the praises of his homeland so fervently He'd barely stopped to breathe. He kept carrying on about how much they were going to love it and how their world would never be the same and how he'd been away on business for far too long and he couldn't wait to get back. After only a day, it was wearing quite thin. Melchior laughed off the old traveler's jibe and went on talking, oblivious to his companion's annoyance. We have a prophecy, you see, Melchior said, that one day all of the other nations will realize that they've been walking in darkness. They'll flock to the true light, which is Israel. Kings will come to the brightness of our dawn. The third traveler, Gaspar, had not spoken that evening, but was beginning to wonder if Judea would be filled with men as full of hot air as this one. If that's the case, Gaspar thought, maybe I should have stayed home. They shall see you and be radiant, Melchior was still quoting in a dramatic and self-assured tone. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the nations shall bring to you the abundance of their wealth. Well, afraid I didn't bring much of that, 
Balthazar interjected. Gold and frankincense, Melchior went on, ignoring him. They shall proclaim and praise the God of Israel. Oh, that you too have realized the falsehoods of your own religious religions and recognized the greatness of our God. And remind me once more, Balthazar interrupted. What is, what is it that's so great about your nation? Melchior gave a dismissive laugh. Well, it's like I've been telling you. It is the dwelling place of the light. Our sacred scriptures possess the most sacred truth. Yes, yes, yes. Balthazar waved his words away as though they were gnats. So you've said truth, light, all that. But what I'm asking is, what is that supposed to mean? Excuse me? Oh, it's a simple question. What, what has the light and the truth done for you? What fruit has it borne for you and your people? I'm asking, what is so great that you would travel this long road to Judea from so far away? Balthazar stared expectantly as Melchior frantically searched for the right words. There was an edge of defensiveness in his voice now. What has God done for us? Well, of course, God shows us what is right and what is wrong. God protects those who are obedient. God makes us strong and shows us the way of righteousness. Oh, and this has brought you prosperity and peace, yes? Balthazar pressed a glint in his eye. Your people, they live in freedom and there's goodwill among all. He knew the answer to this question before he asked. Well, Melchior was beginning to sound angry. We're not perfect. I mean, if those who live in sin would just... Ah, yes, Balthazar kept pressing. Oh, but your people are making progress, yes? They are becoming people, as you say, radiant with the light, of, uh, with abundance and wisdom. People who live with justice and prosperity, right? He paused for a moment. Or perhaps... Might they be as full of empty, self-congratulatory nonsense as you seem to be, desperate to convert others so that they don't ever actually have to take a critical look at themselves? Might that be closer to reality? Balthazar held his face in mock curiosity. Melchior sat in stunned silence. Gaspar was stifling a giggle. How dare you, Melchior demanded. How dare I hold you to your own standards, Balthazar asked. Oh, it's easier than you might think. If you're going to sit here and insult me and my people, I'm... Melchior looked up from Balthazar to Gaspar. Excuse me, he spat. He stood up and walked away in a huff, disappearing into the darkness. There was silence for a moment. Well, that was a bit harsh, don't you think? Gaspar said. Oh, you would rather he stick around here to sing more praises of Jerusalem, Balthazar asked. Forgive me, I misread your look of fatal boredom. Gaspar smiled. That's not what I meant. I, I didn't think you needed to insult him, is all. My dear, those who confuse honesty with insults rarely leave this world any better than they find it. Gaspar nodded in agreement, while at the same time removing a head covering that sent long hair cascading down her shoulders covered in layers of form-concealing garments. Balthazar, she had long trusted with the truth of who she really was. Melchior, she did not. She wondered what insults or triggering looks of disapproval he might begin throwing her away if he learned she was a woman daring to travel across the world alone 
and disguised as a man. She was several weeks into her journey when she'd met up with Balthazar and gathered that they were moving in the same direction. It took only one conversation over one campfire to convince her that he could be trusted. With Melchior, it took only one conversation to convince her he could not. What about you? Balthazar asked, this time with genuine curiosity. His question brought her back to the moment. What about me what? Gaspar asked. For you, what, what is so great that you would travel this road to Judea from so far away, risking so much more, I might add, than Melchior or myself? They had spoken around this subject, around other campfires, but had thus far not asked this question. Not exactly. Both students of astrology, they'd seen the same movement of the cosmos, same, the same promise of a new king born to the Jews, but why they'd follow the call of the stars? Well, that was a different question. Gaspar had assumed from Balthazar's demeanor that he was simply going to pay homage, traveling out of a sense of nobility or curiosity, but now she wondered. The people I come from, Gaspar began. They're, well, they're, they're like Malchior, to tell you the truth. They worship the gods, and they speak of virtue and righteousness, but they do so while grinding the faces of the poor into the dirt. They care nothing for the most vulnerable. They, they take what they want. They prosper on the labor of others. And when they're confronted, she stifled a painful memory. When people like me speak up, they don't listen. They just lash out to protect themselves. She shook her head and looked into the fire. I left because I could bear it no longer. I, I'm so tired. I'm tired of the way they treat the poor. I'm tired of the way they treat anyone different. I'm tired of the way they treat women. I'm tired of being laughed at or beaten, of standing outside and looking in while the few and the privileged feast on enough food for 12 men. She looked up at Balthazar. I travel this road because I seek justice and I risk so much because I would rather die in the pursuit of justice than live in a world without it. Look, we come from a different people with a different practice. So I, I don't know what you saw when you read those stars, but I saw the promise of one who believes in justice. I saw the promise of a king who would rule with gentleness and equity and compassion and kindness, one who would work to build the kind of world I want to live in. So I left everything and I followed it. Malthazar nodded listening carefully. But what about you? Gaspar asked, sighing deeply and wiping a tear from her face. What's so great for you that, that you would travel this long road? Knowing where you came from, you must have been traveling for a month before we met. Two months, Balthazar corrected kindly. And the way I read the stars, I, I travel not so much for a king as a teacher. You see, the injustice that you speak of, the suffering inflicted on your people, I believe that it comes from somewhere deep in us. I am of the mind that it comes from a sort of sickness, something that 
covers over our, our true and good and generous nature, and we forget who we are. We, we go to war with ourselves, and the war spills out into the world we make. So you seek one who can heal the sickness? Gaspar asked. Balthazar nodded. In a way, yes. I seek one who might teach us how to heal our own wounds, and in so doing, the, the wounds of the whole world. I travel because I seek one who can teach us the path to peace, real peace. How to walk in a way of, of patience and understanding and self-control. I seek one who can help us realize the joy of who we really are, to, to become who we really are. And what's that? Gaspar asked. Who are we, really? Balthazar smiled. Children of God, he said. I seek one who will show us how to walk away to become the children of God that, that we already are. That's beautiful, Gaspar said. But then a familiar dark cloud passed over her face. It cast a shadow on her soul. What was that? Balthazar asked. What, what just passed through your mind? It's just... Gaspar started. Balthazar, what if we don't find it? What if we've made this journey, we've risked everything, and all we find is... She gestured and towards the dark where Melchior had disappeared. What if all we find is more of him? And Balthazar's answer came without hesitation, calm and clear. And then we keep moving, he said. We keep seeking. One step at a time, we keep following that star. Until we find what we seek, Gaspar finished his thought. Oh no, Balthazar corrected, until we become what we seek. A rustling in the leaves told them that Melchior was on his way back, surely not wanting to spend a night alone in the woods. Gaspar pulled the covering back over her head, tucking her hair back and out of sight, pulling it low to cast her features once more in shadow. I'm turning in. Balthazar said before Melchior could sit down or say anything haughty, and I suggest you do the same. He looked at Gaspar. Tomorrow is another leg of the journey. She nodded. One step at a time. If you could see the journey whole, you might never undertake it. I never dare the first step that propels you from the place you have known towards the place you know not. Call it one of the mercies of the road, that we see it only by stages as it opens before us. As it comes into our keeping, step by single step. There is nothing for it but to go, and by our going take the vows the pilgrim takes to be faithful to the next step, to rely on more than the map, to heed the signpost of intuition and dream, to follow the star that only you will recognize, to keep an open eye for the wonders that attend the path, 
to press on beyond distractions, beyond fatigue, beyond what would tempt you from the way. There are vows that only you will know, the secret promises of your particular path, and the new ones you will need to make when the road is revealed by turns you could not have foreseen. Keep them, break them, make them again. Each promise becomes part of the path. Each choice creates the road that will take you to the place where at last you will kneel to offer the gift most needed. The gift that only you can give. Before turning to go home by another way. Thank you.